You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Wednesday, and the NFL Draft starts Tomorrow with round one, the Packers have the 14th overall selection in the draft as we stand today. That could change, and we're going to talk about that a little bit when we go through possible scenarios for the draft. What we are going to do today is I'm going to go through and let you know what I think is going to happen based on things I've been told, based on things that I've read and heard and extrapolated. And that's what's fun about this, is I can speculate, in some cases, wildly, (laughs) and in some cases, not so wildly, uh, because I have a lot more information in some of these cases. Uh, There is a lot of information out there. How much of it is real? How much of it is fake? Those are things that we have to parse as we go through this. And really, I think trying to predict anything that's going to happen outside the top five to eight And maybe 10 picks is really a fool's errand because too much can change. Too much can change pick to pick. There's too much variance. There's too many variables to account for here. So, you know, Cleveland takes someone at one and the Giants stay or trade out. Well, that could have huge reverberations for the draft. And so... We can try and 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 use the information at our disposal to say, well, it sounds like this team wants to do this thing, and I'm hearing that this team likes this player and wants to move up here. So we can build some of that into what we're going to look for and how we're going to structure all of this. But that any any going beyond the top 10, maybe the top 12, some years we have a good idea of who's going to go where. A couple years ago, I remember, there was a draft where it felt like the first 15 picks. It was like, oh, yeah, this team did the, did the, did the thing that we thought they would. They did the smart thing. And that, that rarely happens. And sometimes we get crazy drafts. Sometimes we get the, the woe drafts. The, I can't believe they picked that person. Or, or I can't believe they kept that a secret. I am, gonna, I am still under the weather. As you can probably hear, I appreciate those of you who reached out and said, um, and feel better. Uh, I appreciate those of you who reached out and said you sound like hell. Uh, yes, and I feel about like I sound. So I'm I'm gonna push through, and we're gonna do this because I, I, this is my favorite thing to do in the offseason free agency. It was more fun this year because the Packers got actively involved, but usually it's kind of boring. And I think in general it is kind of boring because it's a lot of wait and see. The draft is three days of mayhem. And that is what this is going to be. So let's go through this and let's let's start with what I think will happen. And the first two picks, because not a lot of craziness is going to happen, I guess really the top four picks, I think Sam Darnold goes one. 
there's been this late energy that Baker Mayfield is going to be considered or that Josh Allen is the guy. I think it has always been Sam Darnold, and I think it will continue to be Sam Darnold. At two, I think there's a reason the Jets, when they moved up with the Colts, didn't go up to two, and I think it's because the Jets either want to take Darnold if the Browns don't take him, or they want to take Saquon Barkley. I think they would like to move down and and draft Quentin Nelson if they can, but I just, unless the Bills want to go all the way up to two, and, and just blow them away with an offer. I think Saquon Barkley is a pick. At three, the Jets have, it has been an open secret that they are in on Baker Mayfield. I think that's what we get. I think that will be fascinating. I think he will be ideal in that offense in terms of landing spots for him. So that makes a lot of sense. If that happens, here's where things start to get interesting. Because the Browns at four, does Buffalo want to move up? Does Miami want to move up? Does a surprise team want to move up? I do think when we go through the my predictions for the for the latter half of this draft, there's a, there's a surprise quarterback in there. And is is there a team willing to move up? There's been some talk that the Patriots could want to move up. Will are they willing to come all the way up to 4? I don't think anyone is going to give up what it will take to get to four, and I think the Browns want to take Bradley Chubb, so they will do that. Then at five, I think here's where the Bills move up. I think the Broncos want out of that spot. The Bills move up, they take Josh Allen. I think with the next spot, the Dolphins, who wanted Baker Mayfield and who like the quarterbacks in this draft, are apparently interested in a quarterback in this draft and could be willing to move up because the Miami Dolphins' stupidity in terms of roster building knows no bounds, I think they move up and they take Josh Allen, if for no other reason than I think someone like Adam Gase would love to work with a talent like Josh, excuse me, Josh Rosen. So now we have four quarterbacks taken and we're just getting to the sort of meat of the team sitting in front of Green Bay that could take players that they're interested in. Tampa Bay is at seven is the first one standing between them and their defensive back of choice. I think they take Derwin James. Then the Bears sitting there at eight, they make sure Quentin Nelson doesn't fall any further. He replaces Josh Sitton and solidifies that Bears offensive line. At nine, San Francisco. Now this is where the Packers could start to think, can we move up to get Denzel Ward? Can we move up to get Minka Fitzpatrick? And I think those discussions will be had. I think that 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 will be discussed. I think the 49ers stay put, and I think they take Roquan Smith. Their linebacker group is is kind of a mess, and it's a key to their defense. At 10, the Raiders throw the first real curveball in terms of picks of the draft. I think there's been this late momentum that they want an offensive tackle. That sounds like something dumb John, John Gruden would like to do. He's going to say, we want to protect Derek Carr, blah, blah, blah. So they take Mike McGlinchey, which I think is about a round too high for him. Uh, if not McGlinchey, Colt Miller, I think. Offensive tackle here. Now, the Colts have traded back. So this was the this was the swap to move up with the Dolphins. They're in a position now to take the best corner in the draft, which they do, Denzel Ward. And I, I don't think they would move down again unless the Packers really gave them something that they wanted because they would be in a position to take Denzel Ward. The Broncos at 12, 
after trading down with the Bills, now get to take Vita Vea. They get to take a big interior defender, which they need to help their run defense. I think it would open up a lot of things for their defensive front as well. And this is the last pick that stands between Green Bay and a player of their choice. Their preferred defensive backs, Ward, James, Fitzpatrick, are off the board, but Josh Jackson is still on the board. And then their edge rushers, Landry and Davenport, are there. Some Packer fans want Tremaine Edmonds. I know they like Leighton Vander Esch. I think the move that the Packers will make at 14, given this scenario, if we assume no trade-up, they take Marcus Davenport and I do a backflip because as much as I love Derwin James and Denzel Ward, I think Marcus Davenport is a potential game-changer defender. Maybe not in year one, but he doesn't have to be in year one. He is super talented, has just gobs of physical ability, and I think the Packers would be very happy to go edge here. If you want a good edge, if you want a good pass rusher, you have to get him early. You have to. And so the Packers' history, everything says... If one of those top defensive backs isn't there, you don't force it with Josh Jackson, who is a like player to the other guys you have on your roster, and you take Davenport. We can we can sort of zoom through the end of the first round because obviously you care less about those things. But let's just, for the sake of the fun of this, let's finish off the first round. So the Cardinals go Lamar Jackson at 15. The Ravens, who have been in desperate need of a receiver, have gone out and, and they have added receivers in free agency, so maybe they issue that in the first round. They have been they worked out a bunch of linebackers. I think if Tremaine Edmonds falls here, he makes a lot of sense for them. That's one of the one few weak spots on that defensive side of the ball for them as linebacker. And here's where I think one of the curveballs could happen at 17. The Chargers, they've been working out the quarterbacks. And Phil Rivers, that contract, he's only under contract for 18 and 19. They can get out of his deal at the end of 2018. Here is where they take the last of the top quarterback groups. They take Mason Rudolph. Five quarterbacks go in the first round. And things really start to get crazy because there's a ton of of players left on the board. Okay. The Seahawks get Justin Reed. I think there's a good chance Earl Thomas, if if he's not dealt on draft night, in the, on night one, he will be by the end of the draft. The Cowboys take Cortland Sutton at 19. The Lions get Harold Landry at 20. James Daniels goes to the Bengals at 21. They're very interested in interior offensive linemen, and, and they have looked at a number of them in this draft. The Bills take DJ Moore to go with Josh Allen, so they get a quarterback and a receiver. I think the Patriots, I think the, the idea that they want a quarterback in this draft is real. I think they will try to trade up. I wouldn't be surprised if they packaged both their picks, their firsts, to move up to nine with San Francisco. They've already done the Garoppolo deal with them. They've shown a willingness to take some big swings together. So the Patriots like to deal with people that they like to deal with. They like former Packers. They like to trade on draft day with the Packers. So it wouldn't be surprising if that's something that they did. But they also like receivers in this draft. And Calvin Ridley is available At this position, they like him, and so I think he makes sense. The Panthers and the Titans go back-to-back with corners. The Panthers get Jair Alexander. The Titans get Josh Jackson. He falls all the way to 25. I think his fall is real. 
And there's a number of reasons for that, but I but I expect he will tumble further than I think Packer fans would would think on draft night. And then back-to-back linebackers. Falcons take Leighton Van Der Esch and the Saints take Rashawn Evans. You need linebackers who are athletic in today's NFL, and those guys are both capable of playing in the box, they're capable of playing in coverage and being impactful in the pass rush game. So they could be impact defenders there. The Steelers get Mike Hughes at 28. The Jacksonville Jaguars take Hayden Hurst, the tight end from South Carolina. Not one of the top three tight ends for me, but a player that they really like. It makes sense given the the people in charge of that front office that they would get a sort of throwback can block, can catch, can do it all, even though he's a little bit older. He's 24, going to be 25. The Vikings add the teammate of of one of their current offensive linemen at 30, Billy Price from Ohio State. And the end of the first round finishes with Connor Williams going to New England and Isaiah Wynn to the Philadelphia Eagles, a trio of offensive linemen. I think there's going to be a late offensive lineman run on night one, and I wouldn't be surprised if if all of the quarterbacks are not off the board, those top five, if Mason Rudolph is still lingering at the bottom, I could see one of those teams that, that didn't get their guy already moving back in to the first to get that quarterback, but I have a feeling five are going to go, and I think they're going to go in the top 20 to 25. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Now is the time to get behind that paywall, a $39.99 value to get access to their draft content, their tools, their data, their charts, their fantasy football info. It will be a year subscription so you can have access to all of their great fantasy content coming up this fall. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes to be entered. Now, things go a little bit differently the way that I've laid out the draft in what I think should happen. But what is interesting, to me anyway, is that the way that the top of the draft falls, given what I think will happen and what I think should happen, in both cases, the Packers come away with an edge player, not a defensive back, although in real life, if I were making the decisions, my preference would be a defensive back. I just... I think I value and the league values defensive backs so highly that those best guys are going to be gone. Now, I am assuming that these teams are operating in good faith, and many of them don't. So we don't know how this is going to shake out. But if I were running the teams, I'm taking Josh Rosen for Cleveland at at one, Sam Darnold at two for the Giants, and at the Jets, I'm, I'm sticking with what I think will happen, Baker Mayfield at three. Now, here's where things depart. If I'm Cleveland, because I'm not a huge Bradley Chubb fan, and I think their second biggest need is corner, I'm going Denzel Ward at four. I don't think that's too high. If I'm the Bills, I'm, I'm assuming this trade-up, because I, I didn't want to get too complicated, so I'm going to assume this trade-up. I'm taking Lamar Jackson at five. I'm going to assume the Dolphins are trading up again. And so they get Mason Rudolph. In this case, Josh Allen falls out of that top mix. I don't think he is he is better than those guys. I wouldn't take him that high. But you'll see he does go in the first round. So after that, Tampa, the Derwin-James-Quentin Nelson combo to Tampa and Chicago stays intact. The 49ers, this is where Minka Fitzpatrick comes off the board. And again, 
This is a pivot point. I think this is where the Packers could start to say, hey, we really like Minka Fitzpatrick. He could be a game changer for us. We'll give you a second or we'll give you a third and a fifth to come up and take our guy. If I'm Green Bay, I'm standing pat because I like the way that this board is falling with all these quarterbacks being gone. I'm going to get one of these really good players. I'm not going to give up additional assets to move up. If I'm the Raiders, I think they need more help with their pass rush than their offensive line, so I take Marcus Davenport, Roquan Smith to the Colts, the Denver Broncos. I'm much higher on Connor Williams than it sounds like the league is, but the Broncos need a guard, and this is the the trade that we're going to keep in place, so they do that. Washington, they need help on the defensive interior. Vita Vea, one of the best players on the board, board still available. They take him there. That leaves Green Bay with, of their preferred players, Harold Landry and Josh Jackson. Now, half of Packers Twitter is yelling at me to, to take Harold Landry, and the other half is yelling at me to take Josh Jackson. If it's me, I think Landry's the better player. Again, I think you take an edge at the top of the draft and you figure out corners later. I think the additions of Devon House and Tremont Williams make it okay to make an edge selection here, even though he's not going to be a starter. You need a long-term solution, and you need someone who can play backup role for when Nick Perry and Clay Matthews inevitably get hurt. After that, again, we'll go through it, even though I'm sure you're less interested. Josh Allen goes to Arizona. I would love that fit. I think the Ravens still don't have a true number one, so they should take Cortland Sutton. I think Tremaine Edmonds, again, in this range to 17 to the Chargers. Josh Jackson to Seattle just makes too much sense for me. Did not go with it there. Justin Reed to the Cowboys. Jair Alexander, the cornerback from Louisville to Detroit. I think the the Bengals should take another offensive lineman than the one that they take in this case. I'm not a huge James Daniels fan, so they go Colton Miller here. The Bills, instead of DJ Moore, I gave them Christian Kirk. He is one of my favorite receivers in this draft. The Patriots, you may notice I hadn't picked Bradley Chubb yet. I think this is the range he should go. He goes to New England at a 23. Mike Hughes to the Panthers at 24, the corner from UCF. Sam Hubbard, the pass rusher from Ohio State, to the Titans at 25. Dante Jackson, the corner from LSU, to the Falcons at 26. Mike Gusecki, the tight end from Penn State, to the Saints at 27. Tavares McFadden, the corner from Florida State, to the Patriots at 28. We're almost done, I promise. DJ Moore, the receiver, to the Jaguars at 29. The Vikings, Isaiah Wynn. Dallas Goddard to the Patriots at 31, and Billy Price to the Eagles at 32. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. So the thing about those either of those scenarios is they're going to leave a ton of quality players on the board. Guys that I think are first-round talents who could fall and and could realistically fall all the way to 45. I think the Packers, I said it earlier in the week, I think the, the most likely scenario is some combination in the first and second round pass rusher corner. And in the third round, that is where the value is with these pass catchers. I, I was watching 
some tape yesterday on some of these guys, these second and third round guys. Guys like Michael Gallup, Deion Kane, Deshaun Hamilton. I really like their games, and I think they would be great picks for Green Bay in the third round. I don't think they need to rush that. It seems like Packer fans have four main areas of concern on this team. Corner, edge rusher, offensive line, and receiver or pass catcher of some kind. And I get that. And I think in the first four rounds, in some order, they will handle those picks. I don't think the offensive line need is as pressing as Packer fans do, but I think whether it's the fourth round or the fifth round, that's where they tend to find value, the fourth round in particular. They have the first pick of the fourth round, so that could be a spot where where they see value. Um, Someone like maybe Brian O'Neill from Pittsburgh has fallen who's an outstanding athlete and could be there at the top of the fourth round and, and would would provide just tremendous value for them there. We'll talk about options in the second and third rounds after the draft tomorrow night. Guys, we'll go over best available. We'll go over, obviously, who the Packers picked, who they didn't pick, who they passed up. We will talk main storylines. We're going to have a ton to talk about. That show will go up tomorrow night. Keep a lookout on the Locked on Packers Twitter feed at Locked on Packers. Keep it locked on my Twitter feed at Peter underscore Bukowski. I'll have content coming on Fansided with scouting reports of players and from Acme Packing Company. So you have to keep your eyes peeled for that. And we'll have a show Thursday, a show Friday, and a show Saturday so that you can stay locked on Packers.